Do the Mets have a clear playing time gainer with a universal DH? And are there signs of hope for a Joey Votto comeback? Like death and taxes, Dodger's been a Dodger. <laughs> I have but, not had uh, three co-brews uh, yet. It works great in a fantasy league. I'm just glad I am not at the dentist. Fantasy Baseball in 15. On The Athletic. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball 15 for Tuesday, May 19th. I'm Al Melkier, and I am here with Michael Beller. And I think it's time to do some more player profiles. Let's do it, man. How's that, Let's get how's that to sound it. to you? That sounds great to me. Let's get to it. <laughs> uh, and we, kind of a timely one. And, and I will admit that I didn't really discover the timeliness until after I dug into the first of these. We're going to look at J.D. Davis and Joey Votto. And in doing the research on J.D. Davis, uh, the obvious place to go there was uh, what might his role be with the Universal DH. And fortunately, there were a couple of pieces out about just that within the last few days. And uh, there was one in particular by Joel Sherman of the New York Post that, frankly, it surprised me. I I was all ready to go with the angle of Universal DH is going to be the best thing to ever happen to J.D. Davis in a 2020 season. But... um, the, the, the take uh, in this uh, Joel Sherman piece is, is quite different. He's basically saying that it's going to be a real boon for Yoana Cespedes since, you know, defensively, that's not really going to be ideal to, to put him in the outfield. And Davis has his own defensive shortcomings, and he might might be at best a co-DH with Yoana Cespedes, with the real gainer being Jake Marisnik, who's really the one, I would say, uh, true center fielder, that the Mets have, I, I, people may want to take issue with that, but uh, I always thought it was sort of odd that they went with Michael Conforto, you know, sort of out of necessity uh, in center field. So Jake Marisnik gives them a real center fielder. And the, otherwise, you, you've got a, a playing time situation where you've got Davis splitting uh, time largely at DH with Cespedes, uh, Pete Alonzo, with uh, Dominic Smith picking up some reps at first base, and, and maybe even Robinson Cano getting a little time there. So... Uh, how does this sound to you? Does this sound plausible? Um, do you see this differently? Yeah, you know, it, it's one of the hardest teams, I think, to figure. And it, it's interestingly the worst hitter in the group, Marismic, that uh, really throws this into such a, a hard position to figure out because he really is the only guy who can play center field every single day on this team, right? I mean, you'll live with Michael Conforto as a sometime center fielder. Uh, you'll live with, I, I guess you could maybe try to, play Brandon Nimmo in center, right? There are guys who could do the job if need be, but no one who you really feel comfortable with out there every single day except for Marisnik, and that's really what makes this such a a hard thing to figure out because if that's going to be the case, then you do have too many bats and not enough spots. The reason why I still buy J.D. Davis, though, Al, even with the understanding that Yoannis Cespedes is, uh, has always been a great productive hitter when healthy and that the Mets are certainly going to want to try to find uh, his uh, ways to get his bat in the lineup are a couple of things here. Number one has to do with Davis himself. Or let me say, number one, we can talk about Cespedes just because it's a little bit easier just to to get through fast. Um, Yoannis Cespedes has had a ton of injuries over the last couple of years, and just taking him out of the field doesn't make those injuries no longer a concern, right? He doesn't get like, a ghost runner to run for him. It's not like he can just go up there and swing the bat and then let someone else run the bases. He still needs to be able to do all that. Uh, swinging the bat could be an issue, so there's still some injury concerns here. But now let's get on to J.D. Davis. Last year, 
307, 369, 527 on the slash, 22 homers, 65 RBIs, a very manageable 21.4% strikeout rate, a nice 8.4% walk rate, his first full season as a major league player. Those are the numbers that he gave you. Sure, maybe he was a late bloomer, but the dude bloomed. And talk about someone that you want to see in the lineup every single day to see what that bat is. To me, I I just don't see how you turn away from J.D. Davis uh, if you're the New York Mets. He was just too good last year to shun this season, especially with an extra spot in the lineup for a bat with the DH. So, listen, Joel Sherman is a heck of a lot closer to the New York Mets than I am, but I just don't understand how they don't find a way to get J.D. Davis in there basically every single day. So basically, yeah, it's an argument and one that I like to lean on a lot that, uh, you know, the skills will win out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that really the only question there is the degree to which you think that Davis can repeat a, a 2019 type season. And, you know, I, I heard you making that case. And from a skills perspective, um, you know, the, the improvement was real. So I think we can we can certainly separate J.D. Davis out from other players who saw big gains in 2019 that you can really explain with the with the baseball itself, you know, and the overall increase in offense uh, because, uh, you know, Davis um, actually didn't really – granted, we're talking about small samples before 2019 for Davis. As you said, it's his first full season. But uh, even in the limited playing time that he had prior to last year, uh, he had good exit velocity numbers. So uh, where you could see him kind of separate himself out from those that you might be more inclined to call fluky – uh, he did improve his plate discipline, swung less often on pitches out of the zone, more often on pitches in the zone, uh, improved his overall contact rate, and hit a lot better on uh, ground balls. And, you know, he did the thing that he could really help himself with by uh, not pulling as much and actually had a pretty low uh, pull rate on ground balls. So, uh, you know, the only question is whether or not you, you trust that one season of all those different gains. And let me just put this out there too, Al. He spent two years uh, at the uh, AAA level with the Astros, uh, two separate seasons uh, that basically amounted to uh, a little bit more than half of a full baseball season. He played 101 games, 450 plate appearances at the AAA level spread across uh, the 2017 and 2018 baseball seasons with the Astros. And in that uh, time, he hit 335 with a 400 uh, OBP, 589 slugging percentage. I mean... The guy has performed at the highest level of baseball uh, and, and has done so uh, with, with a, you know, a pretty good degree of regularity. I mean, this guy, I, I think the Mets need to see what sort of player he is. And I just think that his bat, whether it's you know somewhere in a corner outfield spot, DH, third base, he's going to be playing every single day. So I'm buying J.D. Davis uh, in drafts auctions that I still have ahead of me uh, with the, getting a little bit more optimism about there being some sort of 2020 season. And when you say that you buy into him, is that at the current ADP? Do you see him as a, a top uh, 200 player overall? Yes, yes, I will absolutely buy into him as a top 200 player overall. I mean, remember when we're when we get down to you know player number you know, 200 or player number 180. Um, at, at that point, we're not really sacrificing too much in the way of draft capital. So I, I think that I am going to be willing, or I'm always willing to take a shot on a guy who I think uh, is is worthy of being taken at that spot, and they can also you know play 50 or 70 spots up. And I really think that's the sort of guy that we're talking about with JD Davis. Yeah. Uh, well, I want to take one other look at this whole Met situation, and that's Marisnik because if the the Sherman 
theory uh, of, of him actually being the big playing time gainer in all of this. Uh, you know, initially I thought, you know, maybe there's a little something here because he's never hit for average mm-hmm. and I wouldn't expect that he would in, in 2020, but, uh, he has a, a nice little combination of, uh, power and speed, uh, in a half season with close to regular play. He arguably, arguably could be a 10, 10 player, which again, I know doesn't sound like much, but you know, when you prorate it, you know, we, we are much more impressed by, by 2020 players, but his best season by far as an Astro was 2017 kind of makes you think a little bit right <laughs> makes you think more than a little bit i think Al, especially yeah, with how much of an then, outlier that year is with the rest of the the back of his baseball card it, yeah it really is and that it gets even better when you go to the home road splits uh, it's almost comical actually uh the home slash line for marisnik in 2017 308 373 636 pretty nice pretty good on the road 187 273 374 oh my god i will Leave that there with the no the the whoever was like <laughs> prosecuting the Astros. I, I have to say there wasn't a, a prosecutor, right? They should have just dropped his Marisnik's home road splits and rest of career stats on the arbitrator's desk and be like, "All right, this this is the case is made, right? We've made our case <laughs> right here. This does it all." It uh, it's thought provoking. Uh, <laughs> I'll say that uh, for sure. Uh, well, we're going to talk about another player who is being drafted in uh, 12 team leagues, uh, although maybe there's some questions there as well. But before we get to the next player, uh, let's talk about uh, getting ready in the morning, your morning routine. Top performers in business and sports often attribute their success to their morning routine, whether it's waking up early, setting their goals for the day, exercise, or meditation. But not everybody's got the time to do all of that. With Hydrant, you can jumpstart your mornings. Hydrant creates flavored electrolyte packets you mix directly into your water to make hydrating your body easy and delicious. Each rapid hydration mix has the four essential electrolytes your body needs. Sodium, potassium, magnesium, and zinc help you hydrate quickly and stay hydrated all day. And Hydrant is backed by research. The formula was developed by Oxford scientists to provide perfectly balanced, efficient hydration. There's no synthetic colors or artificial sweeteners. The formula is vegan, and you can choose between three different flavors or a variety pack. Hydrant starts at just a buck a packet for a 30-day supply. You can save even more with a monthly subscription. And for 25% off of your first order, go to drinkhydrant.com baseball that's drinkhydrant.com slash baseball for 25% off your first order. All right, Michael, let's uh, look into Joey Votto here. I'm a little surprised that he's, technically speaking, he's a, still a 12-team option. His um, NFBC ADP is right around 270. So you know, that, that puts him in, in late round slash um, uh, reserve round territory. And, you know, given what's happened with his career over the last couple of seasons, that that is a little bit of a surprise to me, and I uh, saw recently a quote from him where he said something something to the effect of that in 2019 he was trying to capture his 2017 performance and make up for a bad 2018. But it seems like along the way I've seen a lot of quotes like that from Joey Votto, where you know it's it's not that he's citing any particular you know loss of skill, but it's just you know more he's chalking it up to maybe a mental approach kind of thing. Uh, do you see a reason to think that maybe he can get back closer towards that, that 2017 level? 
2017, no. I mean, I think that version of Votto is gone, and there's really no shame in that. I mean, we're talking about a guy who is into his age 36 season. Uh, there are very few people who hold on to their production. Um, Nelson Cruz is someone who's still doing that. Uh, David Ortiz is someone who did that recently. And, uh, you know, Joey Votto, once upon a time, was in a, a group with those guys, but uh, maybe isn't there into the uh, late 30s. And, again, there's no shame in that. Joey Votto has been one of the best players, one of the very best hitters, one of the smartest hitters, one of the m- most fun guys to watch, one of the most earnest baseball players uh, going back a decade now. And uh, there's really no shame in in losing your skills at this uh, stage of your career. Uh, the thing that concerns me, the reason why I think that, um, why I'm wary of him getting back to that are the uh, increasing strikeout rates. And, you know, Joey Votto was always a guy who, who kept the strikeouts low, and still, they're pretty low. 16.2% in 2018, 20.2% in 2019, that 20.2% last year representing a career high. Um, you know, 2017 was the career best mark for him there at 11.7%. He was always someone who was, you know, still in the high teens, but uh, just to see though those numbers increase speaks to a loss of something. It's an, it's an obvious loss of of bat speed or pitch recognition, something that is taking away from the rest of his game. So I actually do think that he's someone who's still worth drafting. I think, especially if you're in an OBP league, he's going to be a guy who's going to get on base a ton. I would imagine he will still hold a important spot in Cincinnati's lineup, a lucrative spot, and that uh, with all the other bats that are around him this year in Cincinnati, Eugenio Suarez, Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, this could be a very good lineup. And so I think the run and RBI potential is still going to be high for the first you know, five, six guys in that order. And for that reason, I do think that Joey Votto, especially with a guy who is so committed to the mental side of the game that he could prove us wrong and get back to something uh, resembling a form of his 2017 self. I think you add that all up and he is still someone worth drafting. I just don't see him being a consistent source of power the way that he used to be. No, I think that's fair. And that's the one skill that's clearly in decline because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, the the strikeout rate is still decent. Um, you know, last year it was a big year-to-year drop, but that came after a year where he improved. So he's been right around that, you know, upper teens, 20%-ish um, strikeout rate, which, you know, that just doesn't concern me. And yeah, his selectivity got a little worse. But again, that's going from being, you know, super-duper elite in that way uh, to just being really, really good. Um, and probably better than really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's the, the exit velocity on flies and liners that's been steadily dropping, even through some of his good seasons, including 2017. And um, a, a stat that you've cited a few times uh, over the, the course of um, our episodes, which is uh, Woba on pitches in the strike zone. And two years ago, that really fell pretty far and last year he was in the lower half of uh, major leaguers in in terms of that metric that's something that worries me uh, quite a lot because you can be you can um, you know you can be a, a, a bad ball hitter and and be good you know if you're effective with the pitches that you should do damage on but there are really very few hitters that um, aren't really that productive on pitches in the zone who, who really just make their hay with um you know, with, with bad right. balls. The only hitter from 2019 I could really find that might be uh, an encouraging comp would be um, Kavan Biggio. Hmm. Two guys at opposite ends of their career too, which is interesting. Yeah. And I'm sorry, and I did the thing again. I pronounced him like the burger place in Detroit. It's Kevin Biggio. <laughs> I was just going to let it name. go. <laughs> I won't tell him or Craig got, or anything. Don't worry about it. Got got, got burgers on the brain. <laughs> Anyhow, um, what do you think about that ADP? Because I just – 
I just can't see even taking the dart throw. On really? Him I see. In, I can, and it's because of. I think there's going to be some counting stat juice in that lineup with all those bats. And I mean, you you know what you're getting out of him, and I would want to address first base before I got down to Joey Votto. I wouldn't feel great about him being my starting first baseman, but if you're talking reserve rounds or starting quarter infield or something like that, I can get on board. I mean, I think there's a way to fit him in to your team, especially if we're in an OBP league. And I know that batting average is still the standard, but I just think that, I mean, if that if that lineup hits the way that the names on paper suggest that it should, you can have a lot of run scoring and RBI juice in that lineup if you're hitting in one of the first five or six slots. So, I, I don't know. I, I think I can. I think it's a, a spot where I'm still willing to take uh, take a chance on a player like Vado. Well, that's a good point in terms of categorical needs, uh, and maybe you can make a broader case for him. But I think you know, at minimum, that uh, if you're getting at the end of your draft and, and you need some run production, that uh, you can certainly do worse. So I, I think that th- that's a very very fair point. Uh, on Monday's episode, DVR and I detailed um, certain parts of the uh, owner's proposal to the players' union. Uh, we certainly didn't have time to go through all of it. It is massive and extremely detailed. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to go check that out, uh, I do strong, strongly recommend uh, that you do. There's a great piece on The Athletic from uh, Ken Rosenthal and uh, Evan Drillich. Uh, MLB proposes medical and safety protocols to players in 67-page documents. So, yeah, that's why we didn't go through the whole thing on Monday. Uh, but it's there on The Athletic. And uh, as always, Ken and Evan do a fantastic job. So uh, do check that out. And uh, with that said, that's going to wrap things up for this episode of Fantasy Baseball in 15. If you're not already a subscriber to The Athletic, you can get a 40% discount off a subscription at theathletic.com slash baseball in 15. Or you can try us out for uh, three months, 90-day free trial. That is still in effect. And everything on The Athletic will be a part of your subscription. If you're enjoying this podcast on a platform that allows you to leave a rating and a review, we would greatly appreciate it if you take the time to do that. For Michael Beller, I'm Al Melker, and we will be back with you on Wednesday. Mm-hmm.